Welcome to episode number 29 of the Power 5 podcast. We couldn't help ourselves, and we had such a good time talking football on episode number 28 that we decided to go ahead and talk more football on this week's episode. So if you are tired of that, our apologies. If you're not tired of it, we got a fun hour ahead. And even though we are all ACC Clemson boys, we've got an SEC guest joining our panel on this week's episode as we rank our top five college football playoff contenders. Brent, Christian Collin, welcome back to the pod. What's up, Kevin? Obviously our favorite topic. We could do, uh, you know, a whole separate podcast just on college football. Kevin, can I do a PSA? I just want to tell uh, Georgia fans, uh, we, we gave you Darion Kendrick. And so when Justin Ross is running past him uh, September 4th, just remember to wave to the camera. You're welcome. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, so our guest is full of knowledge, man. I'm sure we're going to have some fun conversations with everything. And just to leave, you know, ample time for our – just real quick, I couldn't help myself – Continuing our today in history, you know, we're recording on June or excuse me, July the 28th. So this thing's coming out in a few weeks. But on July 28th, 1995, our main man, Kevin Costner, doing what he does best, just premiering in a movie, Waterworld opens up 26 years ago in the theaters. Wow, I was a nine year old boy. I didn't even know what I was watching, but I knew I was witnessing greatness. Because you know, Kevin, you share a name with two of the other all-time greats who will be on this podcast about 40 episodes from now. That is Sir Kevin Costner and Sir Kevin McAllister of Home Alone fame. That's right. That's our connection. That's right. Hey, we're we're speaking that into existence. Costner's coming. That's how we do it. You know, that's how things happen, I think. I told you guys, right, about the message. A buddy of mine who comes over and does work at my house, his son's a country music guy uh, going out to Montana. Um, They want to get him on uh, Yellowstone to uh, record a song on the show. And homeboy Kevin Costner leaves a voicemail on this kid's phone. I mean, he's in his early 20s. On a Sunday afternoon, the guy doing work in my house is like, check this out. It's Kevin Costner talking. And I'm like, he's like, that's him. You know, I mean, I I would know this voice, you know, if it was in my sleep. I mean, I know this guy This is Kevin Costner. So, like, I was like, dude, like, hook me up. Like, this is as close as we'll ever get. I mean, this is happening, guys. It's multiple years of podcasting leads us to Costner. It'll be worth it. It'll be something journey to get there oh yeah listen he didn't do 65 ish movies to not be on our podcast that's right so we got kevin McAllister, kevin costner and i know colin wants tim allen as as his primary guest right absolutely absolutely. i'm gonna happen hey well let me tell you somebody we're not gonna have on and that's because christian can't stand her (laughs) touche him either uh but sandra bullock whose movie the net Debuted in theaters 26 years ago, also <laughs> 1995. So the net and Waterworld debuting the same weekend, which I know about that. That was a great summer. I remember nine-year-old boy didn't know any better. My mom gave me a $5 bill and said, hey, you know, you can see a movie with Sandra Bullock or you can see this wonderful movie about water with Sir Kevin Costner. And I said, mom, <laughs> the choice has already been made. It's Waterworld. Hey, can I get a good Regis Philbin impression, Christian? Do you have something? Can I get it something Regis? Evan, of course. A million dollars. Why not? Hey, Kelly. <laughs> I don't have one. That was like Jerry Seinfeld or something. 
Okay, that was pretty good. I I, I got that. The the million dollars. Hey, well, I mentioned Regis just simply because Kathy Lee, Kathy Lee Gifford, today was her last episode back in 2000 on the Regis and Kathy Lee show. Wow. For Kelly. (laughs) Hey, we're in Olympic season. So back in 1984, we had the opening ceremonies in Los Angeles. We hosted the Olympics here in the United States. The point of this is during the opening ceremonies, the United States wore some red visors, this blue and this blue and red, like striped slanted diagonal jacket with these blue matching track suits with this uh, track suit pants with like this white stripe going down the leg. Any idea who you think made those uniforms or made those opening ceremony costumes? You know, Polo's doing it now. Umbro. Well, that's a good guess. <laughs> I like that. Levi. How about that? Oh, wow. Le- Levi, 1984, the opening ceremony uniforms or costumes. The outfit. old dungarees, huh? Hey, Tom Hanks, Turner and Hooch, 1989 in the theater. Shout out Disney Plus with the new Turner and Hooch show. Old Josh Peck from Drake and Josh fame. Yeah, I started the first episode the other day, fell asleep. Hey, and last but not least, <laughs> last, and, last but not least, Christian's favorite, favorite full house mom. <laughs> There's not a lot of them. <laughs> Lori Laughlin turns 57 oh. today. Dude, is she free? Is she out of prison? She's out. She's man. out. She's, She's out. And is she available? I'm pretty sure she probably bribed somebody to get out. Have mercy. <laughs> She's she still still got it. Absolutely. Ask Nikki and Alex, man. All right, fellas. Well, we've got a big college football guest. You know, we just talked some college football last week on episode 28. Here we are, episode 29. We just had to do it over again. And, hey, we've got Michael Bratton, a.k.a. SEC Mike. He's joining the Power 5 podcast this week. Mike hosts that SEC podcast, and he oversees the news on SaturdayDownSouth.com. He's also worked for Fox Sports and NFL.com. He's a Tennessee volunteer through and through, no apologies there. Mike, welcome to the Power 5 Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys, and uh, thanks for letting everybody know I'm a damn Tennessee guy because that's that's not something I like to admit very often these days. Hey, Josh Heupel's bringing you back to the promised land. Oh, yeah, one uh, touchdown at a time, and then the defense is allowing one just as quick. So, hey, at least it'll be exciting. <laughs> it's a big 12. That's right. Baby. <laughs> hey, I live next door to a Tennessee grad. He is he's hardcore, man. He actually dishes out that money every single year and he comes home and complains about it every every Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I bet he's good looking. We're we're a good looking bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That color orange is a little bit off, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. I got you. It's uh I do kind of I I you know, it's a little secret. I secretly like the Texas orange a little bit better, to be honest with you. Especially on Phil Fulmer. I mean, he's looking like uh, he was looking like a damn pumpkin when I was growing up. It it just it looked awful on him. Good coach, though. You know, my favorite color is uh, Bruce Arians. I don't know if you've seen him lately. <laughs> Cherry red. Uh, oh, oh yeah, he's been hitting that tanning bed, hadn't he? That's right, no doubt. Right. So he hey, we talked we talked about the Texas uniforms on the last pod a little bit. Those are those are very clean. The Texas orange yeah. and, the, and the all whites, clean looking uniform. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. Nice. What, what what do you think about the smoky grays that Tennessee 
I guess they've abandoned from oh. now on, but uh, oh. I actually like those. Do I was you? a fan. Yeah. I really like Tennessee's the, a, a good clean look. Uniform. I like the fact that they had the, the Smoky Mountains on the on the helmet. I thought that was the coolest part about it. I'm yeah. just glad somebody went a little bit off the normal path there and had a little bit of fun with it. We don't get that here. I don't know, man. You know, I'm I'm just glad we've kind of went away from that horrible orange on purple or purple on orange from time to time. That was that was terrible here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah the orange now that you say it. It's not good. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Mike, man, I appreciate you joining us. I'm curious uh question for you. What is your all-time um, favorite Tennessee football game? Anyone that you can point to in particular? Yeah, probably. I was at the game. I was a little kid, but I it's pr- still pretty vivid in my mind because uh, my uncle is an Arkansas grad, so he brought his family, and this was a long time ago. I'm going to date myself here, but 1998 when Tennessee won the championship, and that was the game. You know, Tennessee fans all know it, but uh, Clint Sterner, I mean, Arkansas, I think Arkansas was undefeated at the time. It was a, a showdown of two undefeateds. Arkansas had the game won. All they had to do was run out the clock, and their quarterback tripped on uh, one of his linemen's foot and dropped the ball, and Tennessee got it, marched down the field, and kept that undefeated season alive and won the national championship. So that one certainly stands out, as well as uh, I was at the game, I think it was that same year, but uh, beat Florida. You know, Tennessee is – Never been able to beat uh, Steve Spurrier and the fans. I don't know if you guys remember, but this is uh, because of Tennessee. We no longer have these cameras, but they used to have a camera on the goalpost that would watch, you know, if the field goal, if a kick's coming through, the, the camera would rotate with it. Well, we, Tennessee fans tore down the goalpost, took the camera with them. It was about $300,000 camera that Tennessee had to pay for. ESPN doesn't have those cameras anymore. So thank you very much, Tennessee fans. <laughs> wow. How about that? Hey, I got a quick question for you. I want to throw a little bone to our uh, South Carolina listeners. What What are your thoughts on the Beamer hire? How do you think they do? I, I doubt they come up in tonight's uh, top five, but but just kind of your thoughts on Beamer and, and the addition and how he's been recruiting and stuff. Well, I'd, I'd put him firmly in the top five in South Carolina for what that's worth. But, uh, yeah, yeah, when they hired Beamer, was, you know, I wasn't honestly a huge fan of that. It's It screamed to me that uh, – you know, they had to pay this buyout for Will Muschamp and they, you know, they couldn't really do much better. And then I was told, you know, just wait, just wait. He's going to hire this elite coaching staff. And then he hires Clayton White, who I never heard of. He hired Marcus Satterfield, who I never heard of. And I was thinking, what the hell? I thought we were getting an elite staff here. But, you know, that being said, who cares if you win the press conference? I think the man has smashed it since he's been there. Yeah. I think of all the coaching staffs in the SEC, the, the first-year staffs I'm, I'm talking about here, he's recruited better than any of them. He's gotten the fan base behind him better than any of them. And, you know, for, you know, some people may mock that, but for what it's worth, that's what you got to do. I mean, he's doing better than Tennessee. He's doing better than Auburn. So yeah. uh, I think I think he's doing a fantastic job, and he crushed it at media days. I thought he was – probably the best coach, uh, not just his day, but the entire SEC media day. So if I'm yeah. a Gamecock fan, I'm pretty fired up about uh, just the start of the Shane Beamer era. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think we were talking a few days ago just about the stark difference between his style and Muschamp's style. And, I mean, it's just kind of been refreshing to see. No scowl on his face at 24-7, which is nice. <laughs> well, that I mean, that was just such a – Horrible hire to begin with. You know, I mean, from all indication, Muschamp's a great recruiter. He can coach the defensive side of the ball. But 
if he couldn't get it done at Florida, how in the world would he ever have gotten it done at South Carolina? It didn't make right. sense from the start. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, hey, he st- sure has uh, earned that massive buyout he got. Right. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say he's a smart guy, but I think if he would have sat still, he could have been at Texas today. But I don't know. That's on him. Mike, do you think Jeremy Pruitt got a bad rap, or was there too much stuff going on that it was kind of over before it began? No, I think he got. Uh, I think he got a raw deal, to be honest with you, because he's not doing anything that uh, a lot of these other schools aren't doing. But uh, the matter of the fact is that uh, you know Tennessee saw an out there with massive, massive violations. Uh, I should, allege, let's say allege until uh, until the, they get the hammer dropped on them here. But uh, until further notice, not proven. But you know, certainly they were skirting the rules. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, Tennessee wanted out of that buyout. And to my knowledge, I, I think it's going to work in that respect. We'll see how it works with the NCAA. You can never predict how they're going to handle these punishments. But, man, if they hammer Tennessee, I do not know why in the world anybody will ever report anything ever again. Because essentially what Tennessee has done was, you know, report on themselves. And they got fired. Not, you know, it'd be one thing if they just fired the head coach. They they fired and gave show causes to several of his assistants. And what's not reported, I think, enough is, you know, they got about 20 people in the recruiting offices, fired every single one of them, too. So, I mean, they, it was massive layoffs there. So it, that tells me it was some shenanigans going on behind the scenes that they had to clean house with literally everybody. Yeah, I got one more, like, SEC off the radar question here a little bit. Um, Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin. Who gets further first? Two big personalities. Like who could you see, you know, getting to like a one of the top bowls or maybe having the most success first? I got you. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's probably Lane Kiffin. I would have said Mike Leach kind of going into their first years, but uh, I think Ole Miss has got you know they're a wild card in my opinion because I don't know how much you guys have watched Matt Corral play, but he yeah. is just outstanding. And I think if he progresses like he did last season uh i mean i think he's in the conversation for number one overall pick in the nfl draft so if you got that caliber of a player at the quarterback position in college football uh, you can su- surprise some people now their defense yeah. has got a long way to go so, you know I, I certainly don't think they're going to win the sec or anything but i think if, uh, if they upset a team or two uh, and the defense does improve they can potentially get to a new year six style bowl and and like i said matt corral could be one of the first quarterbacks taken in the next draft I like it. I like it. Kiffin is an offensive mastermind. Always has been. No doubt about it. Mike, another and, question for you real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Talk talk about what your game day Saturday looks like. Are you a guy that's that's going to Tennessee game here or there, or are you just kind of plugged in front of the TV all day? Yeah, with my work with Saturday Down South, they kind of uh, outlawed me from going to the games just because, I mean, there's just so much action going on. So, Usually what I do is I try to get as much sleep as I can, but I really can't because I'm, I'm like a kid on Christmas, man. I can't I, – I usually wake up about 5, 6 a.m. because I'm just wired. And then I hit the gym, and then I'm just glued in front of the TV until about 1 or 2 in the morning. And uh, then Sunday, believe it or not, is actually a bigger day for me just because, uh, you know, with content creation, you know, you figure Saturday would be a big day. And it is, you know, there's a lot going on, but the real day is Sunday because it's reactions. It's, 
you know, GoFundMe's. We, we probably saw about half a dozen South Carolina fans start up GoFundMe's. We got a fire wheel must champ. Let's raise that buyout. You got the polls coming out. You got, you know, uh, like uh, remember last year, Florida LSU, the guy threw the shoe and, and it cost Florida big time. I mean, yeah. you had everybody and their mother calling him out. And uh, so it's just a reaction Sunday is the biggest day of the week for me. I love it. Well, give us a little insight how we can get Darius Rucker on our intro to the show. How do, how do we get that to go down for us? <laughs> hey, good luck with that, brother. Uh, yeah. well, last I saw, though, wasn't he hanging out with some – who was it? Was it Trevor Lawrence or somebody? He was at he was Trevor's house, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know what was up with that, but he lost some goodwill at the with the Gamecocks with that one, I, no, I would think. No doubt. Was that draft night? That it was, was draft night. Yeah. Um, they're in some kind of uh, organization together, I think, where they – donate money some kind of charity or something so that was cool worlds collide i'm such a baby because the dolphins make me cry <laughs> hey well you know i i know you probably got some some thoughts on texas oklahoma the 12 team playoff just give me a couple brief thoughts on both of those teams joining the sec and then obviously the the 12 team playoff expansion yeah what i think is so funny about that is i i see so many people say well my god the SEC is getting Texas and Oklahoma like, wow, good luck to the rest of the SEC. Well, last I checked, Texas is, is horrible. I mean, Tennessee is not getting them because they have a good football program. They haven't had – you know, I think they've won one national championship in like 50 years. Yeah. And uh, apparently the last 11 years in the Big 12, which we all know is the worst Power 5 league, they rank sixth and win. So you're not getting Texas because they're some elite squad. I, in fact, I think they're going to lose to Arkansas week two of the season. So, you know, that should give you an indication of where they currently reside in the SEC West. But what you're getting is a epic, huge fan base and an alumni base and the most profitable uh, sports program in college athletics. So, I mean, there's a lot to like about Texas, but I'm not wowed by their football program. And I think, you know, who, who knows how long it'll take for them to get into the SEC. I do think it'll be relatively quick. But if it takes three or four years, I think Sarkeesian, he'll be out the door and then we'll be pumping up the next guy. You know what I mean? No I mean, that's just no the doubt. Texas way. Uh, but as far as the Sooners, as long as Lincoln Riley is there, you know, I think that's going to be a real contender in the uh, SEC because, uh, you know, it's going to raise their profile. I think it's going to make their defense better. It's going to get, you know, they'll have more of a uh, footprint in the SEC recruiting base. So, I would imagine overnight you'll see because they are already starting to reach into like Nashville and uh, Georgia and, and stuff like that. But I think they're going to be able to do it more and more being in the SEC. So I think the one you really got to watch is Oklahoma. But again, that's not to say they're going to just dominate the SEC because we got about six Oklahomas in the SEC right now. So we'll have about seven then. That's right. All right. Before we get to our rankings, we've got the lightning round, and I kind of explain what that is before we started tonight's episode. So you ready to go? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Give me the stadium that you have not visited but most want to. Mm, probably uh, I want to go up to Penn State for one of those whiteout games. I think that would be fun. Love it. Best coach not named Nick Saban? Uh, you know, I think he's – Terribly underrated right now, but uh, I'd probably go Ed Orgeron. And oh, okay. people snicker at that, but yes. uh, the man was 40-9 and nine until yeah. last season. And, you know, I, I think I'm picking LSU to win the West again. So you can laugh at that all you want, but uh, LSU is going to be a very, very dangerous team this year. 
Hey, big Coach O hater. Big Coach O hater on the pod, Colin Thompson. <laughs> All right, give me your most uh, annoying friends. Your most annoying fan base. Clemson. No, oh, I'm man. just getting up. I've I've quickly found out that uh, the most annoying that would probably go to Texas. I mean, oh. my goodness, they're they're blowing me up already. Like they're, I love it. you know, the the king of the hill. And uh, like I said, they're probably eighth best in the SEC West right now. All right, your favorite kickoff time. <laughs> Um, favorite kickoff, 3.30 ESPN or not, uh, CBS, game of the week. Best tailgate other than UT. There's not even a contest. LSU, if you've been down to Baton Rouge, it's like a, I've been to a couple of music festivals. That's the only thing that I've seen come close to it, Baton Rouge for a night game. Chick-fil-A or Bojangles? Oh, Chick-fil-A all day, man. I'm not in the poorhouse. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, three teams, three teams that you'd like to see join the SEC that are not currently in there, and we'll, we'll say you you got to omit Texas and Oklahoma as well. Yeah, three teams. Uh, you know, I'd say Florida State. It was a natural one. Clemson. I'd, I would take them. And uh, how about Miami? All right, your be- your favorite '90s sitcom. Ooh, uh, Seinfeld. Nice. The goat. All right. The your favorite TV dad. Peter Griffith. <laughs> All right. Two. Hey, two more. Your best. The best NFL helmet. Ooh. Uh, I'm a Green Bay fan, but I don't like the helmet. How about uh, How about the Rams? All right. And last but not least, Tennessee's record this year. Six and six. All right. Cool. Hey, man, you made it to the lightning round. You boys ready to rank? Let's do it. All right, so we got Christian leading us off tonight. We got Christian leading us off tonight. We got Brant coming in, ranking second. Colin, third. Mike, we got you in the four hole, and then I will close us out in the fifth spot. Let's do it. Five. All right, we're talking our top five contenders for this year in college football, and I can't tell you guys how excited I am. We're, what, one month until this stuff begins. I'm all giddy like a little kid at Christmas. I'm excited for this and I'm excited to give you my number five pick. If you guys listen to the podcast, you know, I'm a fan of the pack 12 after dark as a lot of guys are on here. And I don't know if, if this one's a little bit off the radar for me, but you know, I'm going to go with my boys out there in LA, the USC Trojans, Keaton Slovis, dark horse for Heisman, Drake London, wide receiver. Don't sleep on him. If you only watched their five games last year, they were very close. But I just think that that team is better than you give them credit for. Uh, don't love Coach Helton out there, but I do love Keaton Slovis. I think if he stays healthy, this team, if you've seen their schedule, which probably no one other than me has, they do not play Oregon in the regular season. They start with San Jose State. Uh, I don't know. Like They don't really have that many hard games on the schedule. Utah, Colorado, BYU late. They do have Notre Dame at the Cathedral in October. So mark that one on your calendars. But number five for me as far as playoff contenders this year, outside looking in, I'm going to go with the USC Trojans. That's off the grid, man. Yeah, I like it. They were on the they were on a friend. They were on the fringe list for me. All right, number five. I think once we get up into the top four, three, four, we're all going to kind of be right there together, I think. But just a team that I found myself really watching and enjoying last year that even looking back now, they had a, a sneaky good year and they had some really good wins. 
This is going to be off the grid a little bit, I think, but I'm going to go Iowa State at number five. They went eight and one in the Big 12 last year, uh, lost to Oklahoma by six. They beat Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl handedly. I mean, they, they only their defense only allowed 17 to Oregon. So I, I just think that they, you know, if they come out of the gate and beat Iowa week two, and I think they're getting to seven no pretty easily. Brock Purdy is a great quarterback. I feel like arguably one of the best running backs in college football and Hall. And then you've got, you know, you're a returning Big 12 defensive player of the year. Just a fun overall team to watch. I hope they do well. Iowa State, number five. Love the pick, Brent. Great pick. Uh, Matt Campbell fan. Wanted to uh, wanted to slide the Cyclones on my list, but I just couldn't do it. You know, really didn't have much of a criteria here. I did try to stick to what I think will happen. Many that that know me or have listened to this podcast at various times have heard me vent about an expanded playoff because I, I don't think there's more than four teams that can win the national title. I, I don't think there, there are this year. I think the team best suited to do that or or to maybe give that a shot outside of the top four, you know, Mike, you spoke a minute ago about teams that have only won one national title in 50 years. That leads me to Georgia, Georgia at number five for me, I think outside of the Clemson game, it's a pretty favorable schedule. They'll have Florida uh, down in Jacksonville, but I think they get it done. Even if they lose the Clemson game, and they were to lose to Alabama in the SEC title game, I think they can still get in. They're going to have, you know, a little, you know, an injury or two early on that I think is going to impact them at wide receiver. Uh, but I think that it's really it's really starting to become do or die time for Kirby. And, and I think that, you know, that pressure is building on him. Yeah, I like the pick, Colin. You know, JT Daniels, Southern Cal transfer there. I mean, that's – that's been the answer. I think he's only had a small sample size, but he could be the difference. Oh, and I'm, I was, I'm right there with you with five. Like I was, I was right between Iowa state and, and UGA. I did a little thought experiment with myself. If they were playing week one, what would the line be? Georgia and Iowa state. Yeah. I think Georgia is probably a four five or five point half. favorite in that five game. Georgia five and a half. 20. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, September, September, Iowa State. I mean, who'd they get beat by last year? Like James Madison or something or Iowa Central? I Oklahoma, can't remember. The, um, I don't no, know. they had a bad yeah, loss. Oh, they, but it was, oh, yeah. Early on, week one. They, week they week tend one. to start a little bit sluggish. Yeah. I've, and I've got thoughts on most of these, but I'm just trying. I don't want to, you know, steal anybody's thunder. All right, Mike, you got it. Number five. Number five, I'll go Oklahoma. Stole many players from Tennessee. Stole a receiver from Arkansas. We should have seen the writing on the wall. They want to be in the SEC the whole time. Half the roster is SEC. So, I'll tell you what. The Sooners uh, claim the national championship. We'll probably claim that as an SEC title, too. So, I'd say number five. And like I said, Lincoln Riley, I think he's one of the best. I don't even know how long he'll be at Oklahoma because I think uh, before long, you know, if the, if the Cowboys keep going the way they're going – uh, they're probably going to pick up the phone and, and give him a blank check. So uh, I think Lincoln Riley, this is a good time for Oklahoma to make that run. Yeah, I, like I, I agree with you. I hope they don't. I'm not Oklahoma. I'm not a Lincoln Riley fan. I don't know what it is about him. I Kevin. Do, yeah, I don't know. Have you but, seen I mean, him in a cowboy hat? Obviously, you got <laughs> Spencer Rattler back. My number five pick is also Oklahoma. I've got Iowa State beating them in the Big 12 championship. Big 12 is so soft, though. 
you know, doing a little read up on it, TCU's bringing back just about everybody. I mean, that could offer a little bit of resistance potentially. I don't know. Oklahoma's probably going to finish out 11-1, worse 10-2. and I mean, if they lose two, they're definitely not getting in. But uh, if they lose one, depending on how everything plays out, you know, maybe they make the playoff. But I got number five, Oklahoma Sooners. I like it. Spencer Rattler. You guys seen his logo? His logo's cool. We'll give him that playoff spot just for that. <laughs> he's a cool cat. He's he's cool. Number four. Well, coming in at number four for me, we're going to take this back between the hedges. I think everybody knows it's kind of a, a one-game season here for these two teams in Charlotte, home of the Sam Darnolds. Um, but I just – I have to put Georgia in here coming in at number four. I think, like Colin said earlier, favorable schedule. You don't get BAM in the regular season. I think you've got a great opportunity there. I don't know what Florida's going to be like this year. I think they take a step back without Trask and Pitt. So, I mean, I think the East is Georgia's for the taking. I like JT Daniels a lot. You guys know I followed him from Southern Cal. So, you know, other than September 4th, you know, I hope we crush them as a Clemson fan, but then come on back. Let's do that thing in the playoff. I think it's good when they're around. I do want to know where Kirby Smart gets his haircut. My guess is the cut and corral. Uh, But other than that, I got number four, ye old Georgia Bulldogs. Speaking of September the 4th, that line, what is it right now? Six? That seems high, man. It seems very high. Is Is it up to that? I, I don't know. It I seems thought it was high. around two and a half or three. At Georgia, I just I got my three. tickets, and they were only $100 space. I thought they were going to be more. Georgia's yeah. defense, man. I mean, that. You guys seem be. nervous. I, you should be. Oh, how do you see that one playing out? I think Georgia would probably win by about 10. Wrong team favored. Mm, okay. Yeah, come on. When's, I mean, Clemson – they need a generational quarterback to beat an SEC team last time. Got one. And I do they? DJ so. Wajo, whatever his name is. <laughs> I don't care about that, man. George is loaded. George is I think he's gonna be special for sure. And also we, he's signed with the I'm right there with you though. I, I think the line, I think it man, it's hard it's hard to imagine Clemson getting or giving points there, but I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. It's going to be a lot of fun in Charlotte. It's though. good. It's good. It's certainly good for Clemson that uh, Georgia's secondary is totally revamped. So it's a good opportunity for them to have a big game for sure. Yeah. Well, the summer's sure. still still happening. There's still time for some of them to get locked up, right? Absolutely. And then they'll just go into the portal. I don't know uh, what Kirby's given these guys, uh, Mercedes Benz or, or what have you, but uh, they get whoever they want in the portal. It seems like. No yeah, that's, right. that's true. All right, speaking of getting whoever you want, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and move it to my number four. I feel like Ryan Day, all he brings in is five stars, so I had to put them in my list in the top uh, five. Ohio State, number four, they're replacing a great quarterback and a running back. I mean, you're trying to replace Fields and Sermon, but they just throw a couple five stars in there. And I, I just feel like looking at their schedule, if they can get around Oregon week two, you know they're gonna they're gonna stay undefeated for quite a while. I uh, just I think they'll be somewhere in the mix at number four, Ohio State. Coming in at number four for me might turn some heads a little bit, but I've got Alabama at four. You know, uh, we've seen you know what it takes to really win the college football playoff is is a truly elite quarterback, Bryce Young. I think he's going to be very good. I think that. 
it's still TBD as to as to how good he's going to be. But you've got no Devonta Smith, uh, and they've also got a brutal schedule. I mean, you know, they've got a neutral site game against Miami, and I, I'm not necessarily suggesting Miami could win that football game. But you know, we've seen Alabama struggle with mobile quarterbacks at Florida, at A&M, at Mississippi State, at Auburn, home game with LSU. I mean, they could certainly, you know, trip up at least once or twice along the way. So I'm just putting Bama at four mostly because of that schedule. I like it, Colin. I mean, you know, I don't know about Bryce Young. I mean, he's a, he's making seven figures already. I mean, I don't feel like he needs to even try. I'm a little we, concerned. Let's, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Does anybody really think Bryce – Young is making a million dollars in in NIL deals. I don't. I think that's maybe a recruiting a pitch. I think it's a recruiting <laughs> pitch. Don't don't believe it. Maybe the total value of the education and all with the NIL, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe that gets him to a million. But I don't think he's there off just. So you're saying you're deal. saying no one in or around Bama is throwing out that Bojangles money? Is that what you're saying? Take it however you want, but Did you guys I don't see think what Kiffin said about him. No. What he Kiffin. Kiffin say, hell, he's making a million dollars. He don't need to play against Ole Miss, does he? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it plays off. Oh, my turn again. Okay, uh, number four. Uh, how about this? Wild card here. The Aggies. I think uh, A&M obviously lost Kellen Mond, but, uh, you know, he's he was really good. Here's how I like to define Kellen Mond, because I got nothing bad to say about him. He's, he was a third-round NFL draft pick for a reason. He was a heck of a football player. I don't know how great of a quarterback he was, if that makes sense. You know, like leader, intangibles, but when plays were there to be made down the field, you guys saw him against uh, Clemson two or three years ago, whatever that was. That was basically his finest moment. He never right. did any – never got better than that. So I don't know what he <laughs> did to get prepared for that game, but uh, he could not manufacture that once again. And uh, Jimbo's got him some quarterbacks down there that I think – will really uh, make the vertical passing game a real threat for the Aggies. And they got a nasty defense. So defense, very, very deep at running back. They may have the best tight end in the SEC. I think, uh, you know, there's a chance. Last year went 9-1, and one, won that Orange Bowl. A lot of momentum there in College Station. And uh, the Aggies, it, you know, may just be the best we, best ahead of them right now. So I'll go with Texas A&M right there. Love That's a good pick. pick. I, I flirted with that, man. You, you can't sleep on Jimbo. Very I, dangerous football team. Yeah, I like that pick, too. And, and they'll be coming back around for me, for sure. But I just love their style of play. And it's just Jimbo's way of play, I guess. But, no, I agree with everything you said. And and not to mention, just their home schedule sets up so nice. I mean, just about all of their big – they got to get – they got to go down to Tiger Stadium. But – they get Bama at home. They get everybody else at home. So it's a it's a good opportunity for sure. I like that pick. All right, number four for me, I've got Georgia. I've got them actually beating Clemson in in game one this year. You know, and I, I'm just trying to be a realist what I what I think here. I'm actually fading Clemson. And I think their defense is solid, but I mean, man, maybe the best in the country, to be honest with you. But man, if DJ goes down, I don't know who we got behind him. And I don't know if Georgia beats Clemson, all right, and Clemson's got one loss, right? You can run the table. ACC so so weak. But if they run the table, obviously they're going to make the playoffs. But Clemson's just having a difficult time 
not running into a North Carolina game or a Pitt game or, you know, something along those lines. So, obviously, man, I'm bowling for the Tigers through and through. But getting back to Georgia, my fourth pick, I do think they're, they're going to win in Charlotte. And then I've got actually Texas A&M beating Georgia in the SEC championship and getting Georgia in that four spot. Uh, the SEC East, I don't think they're really going to have any issues out there. I mean, Florida may put up a little fight. I think they've got to play – well, they're playing in Jacksonville. It's always going to be a game. But coming at number four, Georgia. And that's a smart re- reverse jinx. That's a vol move right there, brother. We That's what we do. <laughs> we bet against the vols because we know they're going to lose. We're going to make some money. And if uh, that's they right. pull out a miracle, we're happy either way. It's you know a what? win-win. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> number three. Well, coming at number three for me, we're going to shift gears uh, back to what I'm calling the new SEC, uh, and that was with the Oklahoma Sooners. Kind of hard to put them back in the Big 12 anymore. That doesn't really exist. So uh, pretty much everybody's going to be in the SEC um, by the time we hit 2025, so call it what you want. Oklahoma Sooners, I mean, what are you going to say? Lincoln Riley, uh, I mean, he's, he's just a, cool as a cucumber. He's got Spencer Rattler. I mean, that kid is is just top-notch. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than they're going to be there again and then probably get blown out in a semifinal. Number three, Oklahoma. All right, number three for me. Uh, pains me to do it, but I'm trying to be as objective about this as possible. I'm going Clemson number three. I think even if they lose to Georgia, the schedule is so bad. I mean, you know, even from just a fan aspect um, – I hope some teams like step up to the plate. I hope to see that, you know, Florida State might be a six and one, six, you know, five and two team or, you know, something relative, uh, relatively interesting. But after Georgia, the schedule's so weak. I, I really see Clemson running the table, win or lose to Georgia. Um, I, I, Clemson just got a fun team, I think. I, I think DJ is going to be a great quarterback. I think he's already gotten some very significant reps last year. You know, Miles Murphy's going to unbelievable. I can't wait to watch him this year. So I'm going to go Clemson number three. And that, I think not, they finished three or so, even with the loss to Georgia. And if they beat Georgia, I think they, they're right there where they need to be one or two. But Clemson number three. I, we can't sleep on Justin Ross coming back and just how yes. good he was before he got hurt. And, like, if you're DJU, I mean – you kind of, gosh, I mean, you're giving that kid a toy to play with. And if the other guys can stay healthy, I mean, watch out. I'm feeling better about it now. Yeah. I feel, I just feel so much better about our defense. I'm excited to watch. Oh, man. Get there. Is that the guy they got from Alabama? Yeah. Like stolen Phoenix right under, City. Uh, yeah. Uh, Paul Feinbaum had me on his show once. Uh, it was right after Dabo made those comments like, what was it? Something like I, I felt like Bin Laden going in there, or whatever. And, and <laughs> the whole segment was fine. I was like, "Can you believe the disrespect?" Like, "Oh my God!" And I was sitting here thinking, like, "Yeah, if Nick Saban would have said that, you would have applauded him." You know what I mean? Like, it, it was just a right. anti-Dabo segment. Is all that was. <laughs> and it was really a compliment, you know, to the wall that Saban puts up around Alabama. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyways, I'm sticking right there with Clemson at number three. It's, it's really, you know, kind of a tell of two, two sides of the football for me. I believe it will unquestionably be the best defense in the country. I think you're going to have, you know, probably three future first-round draft picks on the defensive line at a minimum. 
I think that Xavier Thomas is going to be an absolute household name by the end of the season. I think he'll be a first-round draft pick. I think, obviously, Tyler Davis is going to hopefully put together a healthy season. And then, you know, with Brissy and, and Miles Murphy, as you mentioned, Brant, I mean, that's simply on the defensive line alone. Skalski, a linebacker, I think that the secondary is going to be there offensively. It is going to be some growing pains. I mean, there's just no way around it. You know, I think that, you know, Will Shipley sounds like he is absolutely turning some heads. You mentioned with, you know, Ross coming back. I think that, you know, they need to get healthy seasons out of Angata and Ladson. But, you know, I think that those pieces will come together. I don't know if it'll happen in week one, but I think, you know, by the time it matters, the Tigers will be playing pretty solid football on both sides. It's a good pick, Colin. Don't forget Darian Renters back for year nine. Yes. <laughs> Number three, uh, you know, I liked what you said about Alabama because, we, you know, we know they're loaded. They got the greatest coach of all time, but we just throw them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, the offensive line got blown up. The receivers all gone aside from John Mechie. Uh, you know, I wasn't a believer in Mac Jones, but he proved to be one heck of a quarterback. And I've seen nothing from Bryce Young that said that uh, I'm sure he's talented, he's making – million dollars in monopoly money but uh have i seen anything on the field that says he's an elite quarterback no now that doesn't mean he won't be but uh i don't like the match with bryce young and and bill o'brien i had a guy on my show runs analytics and he's employed by a lot of these universities and he helps them pick coordinators and coaches and things of that nature he said uh bill o'brien is a d plus grade from uh his play calling experience from penn state so that's not to say, you know, he's horrible, but B-plus is pretty horrible. And yeah. uh, we know at Alabama he's going to have more talent than just about anybody. But uh, when it comes down to those key games, whether it's Miami or uh, obviously LSU, Texas A&M, or whoever they face potentially in uh, Atlanta, I mean, the coaching matters in those, in those matchups. So I don't think Alabama, a lot of people think preseason number one, I don't have them down there. I, I don't even think they're going to win the West this year. So number three for me, I'd go Alabama. And I'm so right there with you on that O'Brien thing. There's just something about him and at Bama that doesn't fit right with me. I don't know if it's just like a, just how the whole thing ended in Texas or what, but it, it, he's just, it just seemed like a weird fit. I, we'll I didn't think he was a quarterback whisperer in, in Houston anyway. I mean, I, Deshaun kind of did his own thing, and when you have Nuke and other weapons, it looks good. But, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, he's under uh, Belichick's regime, right? So anybody under that can, like, get a job everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and and not only that, but remember, I think he that all started because he had uh, – what was that guy's name? Christian Hackenberg, who had oh, like yeah. a yeah. – He was like, okay, and then right. – that was it. You know what I mean? For one year. Right, and, right. uh, you, you know, that's just, that was so long ago. You can't build your reputation on that. And, uh, you know, Alabama has, has kind of set the standard in the sec with, with going to this, uh, new, new age offense. And now they're bringing in a guy that's going to run pro style. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. I I'm glad you brought up the bill O'Brien. I, I don't know. I mean, you're moving from, I don't know. It was was Bama one of the greatest teams ever last year? Possibly. I mean, they just. I mean, it just smoked everyone. But yeah, I'm I'm, kind of, I'm fading Bama this year too, and and I think it's more to do with Texas A&M more so than it is with with Bama. 
Anyways, coming in at number three for me, I've got Iowa State. Brant, you've mentioned them. Colin, I know you said you like that pick. Big fan of Matt Campbell. I mean, they bring back pretty much their whole entire team and love Brock Purdy. If they can manage September, they usually get it rolling and late in the season. That's where their tough games are going to be. I do think um, just I, I tried to figure out how they were going to get in these slots here. And so I've got them beating Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, losing to Oklahoma the first game in the regular season, but actually coming back and beating them uh, in the Big 12 championship. So Iowa State at number three. Fun team, man. They're just a fun team to watch. They are. Yeah, they'd be number about uh... – <laughs> Six in the West, I'd say <laughs> SEC West. Oh, yeah. So. Look, let, let me ask you: Will there Six be an the Will there be an East and a West, or will it just be one top to bottom conference? I don't know. Like, where do you put Texas? Where do you put Oklahoma? Where do you put Iowa State? Do you make the East harder? Georgia's I think they got to blow it up and and go into the Start people fresh. are calling pods. Where it's like I mean, four, four pods. Yeah, right. Like Vandy, South Carolina, Kentucky. They got to be leaving, right? Maybe Tennessee. They're going to the MAC. I'm just <laughs> I don't know if Tennessee could compete at that level, to be honest with you. <laughs> number two. Well, coming in at number two for me, guys, you know, this is – I didn't want to be boring, okay, but I'm going to be. I, I flirted with some teams out there, man. I, I flirted with the MAC Brown UNC Tar Heels and was like, they should be in this, but I couldn't do it. You know, I flirted with teams like Texas A&M. I, I flirted with a lot of teams, and I just couldn't see myself having a one and a two without these two teams. And I will say, leaving out Ohio State or any Big Ten team feels weird to me, but I did. And so coming in at number two for me, we've already talked about Mr. Bryce Young. We talked about Nick Saban. I mean, I don't know. Until he retires, it's like – you automatically give them a pass. I'm waiting for the year. I don't have to give them a pass. And, you know, you lose people like Smith and Waddle and Harris and, and Jones. And you're like, I don't know. Are they just going to pick right back up and do it? I mean, we've seen teams that can do that. Um, but I almost, the reason why I don't have this team one is because I don't think you can just insert said player and do the same thing you did last year. So number two, Alabama Crimson Tide, just because you have to. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that segs right into my number two pick. I mean, I, I you you ride it until it bucks you. I mean, that's just the general rule. Of th- I mean, you know, I think I think Alabama is going to be solid. I think Bryce Young is probably going to be a very good quarterback that gets better as the season goes on. I don't see them losing to Miami, and I think they easily get. Well, you got Florida week three. They're trying to figure it out at quarterback and running back again. So, you know, again, I think you get to, what, week six at A&M before you really get tested. They're just, they're going to be boring probably, but they're just going to be solid. A very good front line, uh, front defensive seven. I think they're just going to be just going to be solid like Alabama always is, and they're probably going to get better as the season goes on. So I've got them at number two. Just just ride it till the bucks you. They're they're gonna be they're gonna be there in the end. I feel quite sure. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see for sure how that Bryce Young development goes there. Number two for me, man, and I hate I hate making this pick. There's not anybody I despise more in college football right now than Ryan Day. Uh, but I got the Buckeyes at number two. I mean, they're stacked at wide receiver. I think that both lines are going to be phenomenal. Pretty favorable schedule for the most part. 
So I think, you know, they're recruiting as well or, or better than anybody in the country, really. You know, Ohio State's going to be there in the playoff for sure. It's the Ohio State. Get I won't right. say it. I won't say it. <laughs> luck eyes is what I call them. <laughs> yeah. I got the some other nicknames. Eyes. I like that. I like the luck eyes. Well, I, I got a wild card for you and hardly even mentioned here. LSU, man, I keep telling you, they're, they bring back – Ole Miss brings back more than uh, anybody in the SEC, but LSU's number two. And LSU's got a heck of a lot better roster than Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, towards the tail end of last season, they they caught fire. They were 27-point underdogs at Florida. And it's easy to write off Florida now. You know, they got destroyed by Oklahoma. But at this point, Florida was, uh, I believe they were number three in the country, or number four. They were right there for the going to the playoff. And this was a team that – LSU went in there and smoked him with a true freshman quarterback, Max Johnson, who I think is going to be the breakout star of the entire SEC. And uh, hell, they got rid of Bo Pelini. That's good for two or three wins right there, brother. So uh, <laughs> I think they've got all the talent in the world. Last year was just a calamity of issues when you start with just, you know, they were probably got a little too high after winning that national championship. And we all remember the depth charts that came out where it was like 17 of the 22 were gone. And then you had Jamar Chase right before the season started. He opted out. You had a guy like Terrence Marshall, who he was their lead receiver. He held a team meeting, said, hey, guys, we got to stick together. And then a week later, he opts out. And then their star freshman, Eric Gilbert, he opts out. So right the week of Alabama. So it was just a nightmare season for Coach O. And if they can turn that thing around, I think they're being totally disrespected. I think they're just as talented as anybody in the country. Mike, man, I got a quick question for you. Do, do you think there's any chance that O doesn't survive all the investigations going on down there? Oh, there's always a chance. But, uh, <laughs> hey, we, as we've seen across the country, man, I mean, if, if your team's in it for a national championship, they'll let you get away with uh, dang near anything. You know what I mean? So, yeah. we'll, who knows, man? We'll see uh, what comes of that. I don't know if he's connected and all that, to be honest with you, I know, I know there's allegations, but I've not heard anything that, that says he's really too involved. I think that was more or less miles than the previous guys, but uh, believe me, the better LSU does the, I think the less we'll hear of all that. Yeah. You can blame now, it if, on Will Wade. He's bulletproof. <laughs> if now, if LSU goes five and five, Oh yeah, he's totally responsible. Let's get him out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, glad, Marshall, glad Marshall decided to opt out. Newest Panther. Right, we're excited to have him. Listen, Mike, can can Kevin give you a Coach O impression real quick, or is that blasphemous? Oh, of course. Go ahead. I mean, I don't don't know if it's going to be good. (laughs) Kevin, it was as good as last night. You can just use that one if you'd like. Wait, first of all, who do they play uh, game (laughs) one this year? UCLA. Oh, we got the Bruins coming down to to, uh, Tiger Stadium uh, in in August. They ain't never – uh, come down there in that Louisiana heat, so uh, they can they can come on with Chip Kelly. You know he gonna bring his in and out burger, but uh, the Tigers we're gonna be ready. Go Tiger! Hey, that was oh, pretty that's good, man. There man, it again, is. Spot on. Love it. Off the fly, like on the spot. <laughs> man, that's. Hey, I love. To me, it was Cocho mixed with the Water Boy, but it was pretty <laughs> close. Add some KG Creole. All right, coming in at number two for me, I've got A&M. Mike, you hit on them a little bit earlier. I talked a little bit about it, so I'm not going to 
you know, talk too long about it. But, man, just the schedule sets up well. I mean, obviously, SEC West is going to be difficult regardless. But, um, man, they've just got they've just got some ballers. And I think Jimbo is, is ready to roll, and uh, they're going to be fired up and ready to play. I think it sets up well for them. I've got them winning the SEC this year. So, Texas A&M coming in at number two. He's got to earn that paycheck, that's for sure. No doubt. Number one. Well, coming in at number one for me, guys, uh, you know, going to sound like a homer pick here. You know, I appreciate you guys being humble and, you know, putting the Clemson Tigers deep in your rotation to make yourself feel better. But uh, not me, guys. I'm going to roll with them at number one, and I'll tell you why. I am going to say this, and you can slap me and call me an idiot, but I kind of got a little bored with the Trevor Lawrence era. I just – I feel like his freshman year – there was so much around it. You know, we won that national title big time against Alabama. And then from there, the expectations were there. And and it's sort of if you're a season ticket holder and you watch every game and you know at the halftime there's nothing to watch anymore, it you just it loses its luster and you get those expectations as you just have to win. So when you don't, it kind of deflates you. I am like re-energized now under DJU. And I just have this newfound passion. I want to pull for the guy. Even though we lost to Notre Dame, what I saw in that performance from him was just the gusto that you're looking for in a QB. I love a big body QB, Dante Culpepper style. I am so excited for this year. I just think we have a lot of young talent. We already talked about both sides of the ball. The schedule is garbage. We know that the Georgia game, it's a one-game season. Uh, glad to see the Cox back on the schedule at the end of the year. We'll give them their Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be beautiful. Get, bring on UNC, Miami, whoever you want to. But to be honest with you, I, until this train stops, we're going to keep riding it. Go Tigers, number one. Uh, we'll see you guys in the playoff. Boom. Boom. I like it. Hey, I, I will say this about ACC championship. I think it's going to be North Carolina, and I think it'll be the most challenging game the Tigers have had in Charlotte in five years. And I hope that's the case. I mean, you know, I hope it's a good game. But Yeah, no, I agree. I think you're right. All right, so number one, I, I really hate that I did this because I'm stuck with them now. I may have given two better teams, but number one, I'm going, I'm rolling Lincoln Riley. I'm rolling Spencer Rattler, rolling with the uh, Oklahoma. I think they're going to be there. I mean, you know, again, I I think their first true test is week 11 against uh, Iowa state. So um, I think they roll to that point. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm, I'm going with the Sooners number one overall. I hate it, but I'm going to do it. Don't hate yeah. it. I mean, they got to do it at some point, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Brand, uh, my favorite yeah. thing you just said there about the, – I'm sorry to cut you off, but the, my favorite thing you said is looking at the schedule, oh, they don't get tested till week 11. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God, Lincoln Riley's got to be like, why in the heck are we going to the SEC? You know what? Right, that's right. That's right. <laughs> no doubt. That's a great argument for staying for sure. Looking uh, looking at it, Brant, I'm right there with you, man. I've got Oklahoma at number one. I think that, um, as I mentioned uh, several picks back, the, the playoff has, has been about the quarterbacks for the most part. I think Spencer Rattler, out of all the teams, you know, maybe with the exception of Georgia and JT Daniels, is probably going to be the most proven, probably the best quarterback uh, in the country coming into the season. And I think really the, the, 
the the thing for me is that Oklahoma is going to probably have a top 10 defense too, which we haven't seen in quite some time. I think they're going to be pretty balanced on both sides of the football. They're certainly going to be favored in every game uh, that they play. I just, you know, it, it really just comes down to Rattler for me, Oklahoma number one. He's going to be special. Right? He is special. I mean, he's no doubt about it. I got Georgia, man. Georgia all day long. I think they're as talented as any team in the country. Uh, I think, you know, you you guys already hit on JT Daniels, but uh, they got two monsters in uh, Eric Gilbert and Darnell Washington at tight end. And, you know, there's there's a lot of talk. They don't have the receivers. Well, they got Jermaine Burton. They got Kyrus Jackson. Uh, those are two outstanding receivers. And one thing, you know, you hear people talk about uh, Zamir White, the running back. One player, Georgia's so talented. You never even hear this name. I think he's going to be the best running back on that roster next season, Kendall Milton. I believe he was the number one ranked running back two years ago. He came in. He's flashed as a true freshman. He's a monster. And uh, that defense, I mean, Kirby and company, uh, you know, they're right up there with uh, Brett Venables and Nick Saban. I think, uh, you know, you're talking some of the best defensive minds in college football. So Georgia doesn't even need to be the best defense. They just need top five, top ten to pair with that offense. I think they're going to be elite. Now, we all know Kirby's going to uh, blow a game, but uh, it just depends on where that's going to be. They, you know, they show up for the big games, but they'll probably lose to like an Auburn or South Carolina or something stupid like that. They won't go undefeated, but I think they'll win the SEC. And if you win the SEC, uh, you're number one in the nation, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, I, I mean, Kirby has, has gotten close. I mean, uh, the one that they lost there with, against Alabama had to be heartbreaking in overtime, but you know, I don't know. That's, that's going to be really interesting, man. I'm uh, excited to see what happens. Like you said, you always think like, what's that one game they're going to screw up like they did with South Carolina. And then, you know, can they, you know, kind of bounce back from that? I think, I mean, to be honest with you, what are your thoughts on uh, the difference between Fromm and Daniels? Do you think uh, Daniels gives them a better chance than when Fromm was at the helm a couple years back? Yeah, and here's the thing with, that I like so much about JT Daniels. You know, you see that uh, some people project him as like some Heisman favorite or candidate. I wouldn't even put him in that discussion. But the thing is, Georgia's so loaded with talent. Yeah. They don't need him to be, Doesn't have to be the next Joe Burrow. You know, they yeah. need him when they play Florida, when they play Alabama. They need a big game quarterback that can step in and push that ball down the field. And that's JT Daniels' specialty. And uh, another thing I like about him, you know, there's so much weight on Georgia's shoulders, so much weight on uh, Kirby Smart's shoulders. Well, if you know anything about JT Daniels, he's basically been touted since he was a sophomore in high school. And uh, he skipped his entire senior season, went to USC, didn't even enroll early, won the starting job as a true freshman. That's never been done before at USC. And he followed uh, in the footsteps of uh, Matt Leiner, Matt Barkley. Uh, and, and I think Sam Darnold. Sam, Sam Darnold, I mean, the school he went to was was so prestigious, yet he was touted as the next big one, didn't even phase him. So I think Georgia's got the perfect quarterback that uh, is not going to wilt under pressure because he's just got that kind of like California nonchalant attitude. And I, I think that's going to serve him well because in the SEC, a lot of these guys come in and touted, and then the fan bases start getting on them and the pressure getting on them, and uh, and they never can, can amount to anything when the pressure's on. And and that's kind of what I saw a little bit there from Jake Fromm. Agreed. 
Coming in number one for me, I've got Ohio State. Colin, you mentioned you can't stand Ryan Day. I don't know, man. I, I don't dislike the guy like that. Um, I kind of like the fact that he's got that little bit of confidence, swag going on with him. Um, it's a, It feels like it's a, such a different culture than the old Ohio State that I really, really just could not stand here recently. Maybe that was an Urban Meyer thing. I'm not really quite sure. A tough spot having to pull for him with, with Trevor and ETN being at the, the Jaguars this year. But, man, I've got Ohio State. I just think they're going to be loaded, ready to roll this year. I mean, they got a new quarterback having to replace Fields, but – I just don't see anybody really standing in their way in the Big Ten, obviously. They may find a way to lose a game. I, I don't know to who. I don't know. Does Penn State get lucky? Does Indiana, something like that. Indiana should have beat them last year. Anyways, I've got number one, Ohio State, as the number one college football playoff contender for a 2021 season. Let's do a quick review real quick. So, Christian, coming at number five, you had the USC Trojans. Number four, Georgia Bulldogs. Number three, Oklahoma. Number two, Bama. And number one, Clemson. Branch, you had Iowa State in the fifth spot. Number four, you had Ohio State. Number three, Clemson. Number two, Bama. And number one, you had Boomer Sooner. Colin, in the five spot, you had Georgia. Number four, Bama. Number three, you had Clemson. Number two, you had Ohio State. And coming in at number one, you also had Oklahoma. And then Mike, with an SEC sweep, if you count Oklahoma, in the five spot. Number four, you had Texas A&M. In the third spot, you had Alabama. Coming in at number two, you had LSU. And coming in at number one, you had Georgia to win the SEC and being your number one overall team. And then for me, coming in at number five, I had Oklahoma. Number four, Georgia. Number three, Iowa State. Number two, Texas A&M. And number one, Ohio State. Man, it's going to be fun. Love college football Saturday. Can't wait to get it rocking and rolling. Who's got some final thoughts? Man, that was fun. Uh, you know, really leads us into counting down the final couple of weeks here for the season. I think that um, all of a sudden football season's got a couple other dynamics to it with all this, you know, uh, realignment talk. I think, you know, although we we just, you know, differ on on who we think is going to be there at the end, I think we can all agree, man, we're, we're looking forward to the best time of the year. I'll just say, Michael, I appreciate you coming on, and you've got me absolutely terrified about Georgia. I was kind of cruising through the summer <laughs> thinking that we were going to be all right. I'm so excited about that game, man. It's just it's going to kick off the season so well. Man, we'll see. We'll see. Georgia's going to be tough. There's no doubt about it. And even if they lose to Clemson, I think they still cruise. I, I think they still cruise to the SEC championship game and maybe even win that game and, and get to the playoff either way. Uh, so it was a great pick at number one there. Hey, Mike speaking Rogan. of Georgia, you had me giggling the other day. You were It was on, I don't know, maybe it was Tuesday's podcast. <laughs> you were talking about Thanksgiving week games, and you're like, Georgia? Georgia Tech? Heck, Georgia needs a, a break. They get to rest their starters uh, at halftime. I mean, they need a break from the SEC playing Georgia Tech. I mean, it was something along those lines. It was hilarious. You had me rolling. I uh, appreciate it, man. Yeah, so uh... – yeah, I'm just excited about uh, college football, like you guys said. And, you know, I thought last year was going to be sweet with uh, the all-SEC schedule. I thought it was going to be, you know, the greatest thing ever. But I think this year is going to be better because we're going to have fans in the stands. We're going to have, you know, the, the tailgating. It's like you don't know 
how much something means until you don't got it. And we all experienced it. And heck, even at this time last year, I didn't even know if we, if we were going to have a season, you know what That's I mean? Right. Every, every time I posted something about half the replies were, well, you know, it ain't going to be no football. So I'm just thankful I don't have to put up with that garbage this year. So That's I'm right. just ready for it. You know what? Absolutely. Yeah. A year ago, you were telling me Jamie Newman was the star to beat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, my, no, you can, Hey, double check that one. I said, Jamie Newman <laughs> was garbage. I was now, I do not work for pro football focus, sir. Uh, I, I said Florida was going to win the East and they did it. There you go. You sure. called it. Mark the tape. Hey, well, Mike, tell everybody where they can find you. Tell everybody about that SEC podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you. So uh, I go by SEC Mike. Just search that on uh, Twitter or uh, online. I'm all over the place. We got uh, that SEC podcast. We put out five shows a week during the season. Got our own website now. We've got a YouTube page. Uh, it's going great. So I appreciate you guys having me and uh, had a good time talking some football with you. Yes, sir. It was a pleasure. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, man. Take care, hey, guys. Take it easy. Too, Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for episode number 29. We've got episode 30 coming next week, and we hope that you will join us as uh, we continue to, to roll through as we get closer to college football season. Until then, say goodnight, Kevin. Kevin.